Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Well, today we're going to try to cover a lot of ground. We are in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're going to even venture over into chapter 9. We're coming to the end of chapter 8. And for those of you who uh, know the Word of God fairly well, you know that's an area about giving. So sure, glad we have these guests here tonight so we can talk about giving. Actually, giving is not what the world makes it out to be. You know, we spend so much time of our lives as paupers, you know? And even if we came to know the Lord early on, we didn't have too many examples of spiritual confidence. What we saw was self-righteousness. And that whole idea of having confidence, being secure in who we are in Christ, being able to know that He is our provision, our security, our hope, our joy, being able to walk in the truth of that makes us exceedingly wealthy. His life within us is literally carrying within you the riches of Christ. The riches of all that He is. And is there anything that can come against the presence and the power of Christ Himself and not bow the knee? The reality of it is that we spend so much time counting ourselves as paupers, living from a spiritual bankruptcy that we count our wealth as the heathen do, as the godless do. We count our fortune as the godless do. We count our blessings. I mean, look on Facebook. We count our blessings as the godless do. Got a new car. I'm blessed. You know? Got a new job. I'm blessed. You're blessed in Christ. Glad you got a new car. Glad you got a new job. But you're blessed, man. And not because of any of those material things. What giving is about for the Christian, it's not about getting or giving to someone else so much as it is about you being able to express the heart of the giver who is God. You being able to give from his resources. You being able to live from the inside out and talk about that a lot. Because who you are, who you are established in, is within you. You're wearing an earth suit, but it's within you. Giving from the inside out is literally expressing a life that has resources beyond your comprehension. It is literally putting forth the wealth, the abundance of Christ wherever you go. That's what living from the inside out is. We talk all the time about John, how Jesus lived this life that he has called us to. He walked about, he did nothing of himself. Everything he did, he did because the Father moved him. The Father did it through him. He would take credit for none of it. None of it. Giving is the same way for us. It's literally the priming of of taking from what we have, what we know, the confidence of, of being able to give, knowing that He has our provision, that He is our provision. That's so much better. 
That's so much better than, than sitting there and counting. You see, the, the example of the widow's might in, in Mark. She gave all materially that she had, but she was wealthy beyond comprehension because of her faith. This is what Paul is trying to cite in the uh, Corinthians. This is what God has called him to, to begin to live from the inside out. So get your Bibles and go to chapter 8. We left off at, with verse 15. And in verse 15, Paul uses an Old Testament example to illustrate God's faithfulness to care for his people, his children. And the example is given in Exodus 16, where God provides food in the wilderness for the children of Israel. And he does it in such a way that there was just enough for everyone, and all were able to partake, both the weak, the strong, the young, and the old. And we look at that and say, wow, God does provide, doesn't he? Isn't that cool? God does provide. Well, you know, that shows that God provides, so now we can risk giving, hopefully, that it will not affect us too much negatively. We can trust in Him so we can give, right? Does that sound like a proper perspective in giving? That's a man-centered perspective. God is your provision whether you believe it or not. God provides for you whether you believe it or not. God is securing you whether you believe it or not. You see, giving is not a matter of provoking God to give you something so you can give it out. Giving is a matter of living in the truth that He's the provider of all things and that you're giving out of His resources. And it's not about giving to someone who needs it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Did I get everybody's attention? That's not what it's about. God could provide for those who need it, couldn't He? Why is He involving you at all? Do you ever ask yourself that question? Well, when I'm feeling stingy, I ask that question. Well, God will take care of them, right? No. Why is God involving us? Because he wants us to live in the liberty of dependence. To live in the truth of who we are. To give from his resources. Not, and I'm not, talking, I'm not preaching prosperity gospel here. I'm preaching not the prosperity of the flesh, but the prosperity of the spirit. He wants us to live from the inside out. That's what he's called us to. We named last week's sermon the liberty of dependence. And that's really what it's about. The liberty of dependence. That's what giving is. It is our exercise of our liberty. Not a risk that we hope is insured by God. Giving is God's gift to us that affirms that we live with liberty because Christ is our life and the source of all good things. So today we're attempting to move through chapter 8, finish out chapter 8, and we're going to go into chapter 9. As we look at the text, we're going to see Paul encouraging the Corinthians to make ready their gift to the poor believers in Jerusalem. He's informing them of his plan, actually, uh, to collect this gift. And Paul has outlined a plan that is really intended to protect the integrity of those who are collecting and carrying the gift and to leave no room for Paul's accusers, which, of which there were many. So look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 16 through 19. We'll start there. Paul writes, But thanks be to God who puts the same genuine concern for you in the heart of Titus. For Titus not only accepted our appeal, but was so very interested in you that he has gone to visit you of his own accord. 
And we have sent along with him the brother who is praised in the gospel ministry throughout all the churches. And not only this, but he has also been appointed by the churches to travel with us in regard to this gracious offering which we are administering for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our eagerness as believers to help one another. So he starts out with, but thanks be to God who puts the same genuine concern for you in the heart of Titus. Now, it is God who is the source of genuine concern and affection. Everything else is counterfeit. Did you hear me? There is a purity and a selflessness that attends the heart of believers towards each other, and it comes from the heart of God. It is based in the common heart that shares the love and affection of God. Listen. The enemy is quick to accuse, isn't he? And immediately when somebody begins to give you something or attend you, the enemy makes an accusation. He always wants to relegate it to the flesh. He wants to relegate it to manipulation. Let me tell you something. If you're a child of God, it's very clear in the word of God that you have been given a new heart. And when you give out, when you give, you give, sincerely give, genuinely give, you give from that heart. When you're looking to manipulate or to be seen or to be known, you give out of your flesh. And that is not worthy of God. Plus, it doesn't come out of the resources that God has set aside for that. It comes out of what you think you can spare. True, genuine caring comes from the heart of God. Titus was not coming to them just for Paul's sake. He makes that clear. He's not coming to them just to fulfill an obligation. He's not coming to be just to be obedient to what God instructed him to do. Though he is, he is not. That's not his principal reason for coming. Here's the thing. Understand this. God has called you to obedience, right? He's called you to be obedient to what he has either instructed you to do or what his word has revealed to you that you need to be doing. He calls you to an obedience. Where is that obedience to find its source? Where is it to come from? From the disciplining of your flesh? Is that where your obedience comes from? From aligning yourself with the, with the law? Is that where obedience comes from? I haven't been able to make that work. Obedience comes from who you are. It comes from the center of your being. That is why he gave you a new heart. That heart aligns itself perfectly with the heart of God. When I am called to do something, I say, not my will, but thy will be done. You express obedience through me. I don't always feel like being obedient. Do you? We have some righteous people in here. I don't. But the soul is not the judge and jury of obedience. The mind, will, and emotions are not the judge and jury of obedience. What is the judge and jury of obedience? The source and faith. Faith. Faith in the source. I do not obey out of my flesh. I obey out of who I am in Christ. And my flesh conforms to the will that chooses by faith to go forward in obedience. Don't always feel like it. It has nothing to do with the way I feel. Listen, obedience is not something that we do. Obedience is a heart and faith matter where I align myself with the will of God first and foremost here and I go forward in truth. 
So Titus is not doing this just because he wants to be obedient to what God has instructed him to do that. Titus has a desire to be obedient to God. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that he was given a heart that desires this. What heart was he given? He was given the heart of his father. He's coming in line with the father's heart concerning the Corinthians. He's not just going to the Corinthians. He's literally coming in line with the Father's heart for the Corinthians. That's a whole different way of looking at it, isn't it? Because I can do what God tells me to do a lot of times, but am I yielding to the Spirit of God in it? Am I, am I walking in truth during it? Is that really obedience or is that placation? What Titus is doing here is he is literally yielding his heart and he is saying, thy will be done. And he has nurtured. This is the thing about it. The Bible is very clear. There's two ways to live. You can walk after the flesh or you can walk after the spirit. Titus is a man who's given himself over to the spirit of God. And he has an acquaintance with listening to the spirit of God and yielding to the spirit of God. And he recognizes immediately when the spirit of God touches his heart and he runs towards the obedience because he knows that is his nurture. He knows that it fulfills him. That's the way he's made. Obedience for him is much more than a task, much more than just doing something for God. Obedience for him is a life expression. Is the bird being obedient when he flies? Well, yeah. What's he being obedient to? Did he read a manual that says, you must fly? No. He's being obedient to his nature, to what God has put in him. This is what Titus is doing. He says it's in his heart. He enthusiastically embraces it. Titus is moving in line with his heart. He is fulfilling the desire that God placed in his heart. Now notice that Paul does not say that Titus is concerned about poor, the poor in Jerusalem. Look at that verse again. Does it say anything about the poor in Jerusalem? As Paul is commending Titus. Does it say anything about Titus being compelled to go to the Corinthians because he's concerned about the poor in Jerusalem? It doesn't. It doesn't say that he's anxious to collect your gift. It says that Titus is concerned for the Corinthians. Well, now that's interesting. The Corinthians were the wealthier of the bunch. They were doing okay. Why was he concerned for the Corinthians? Why did he feel compelled to go and attend this himself? I'm going to tell you something. Because Titus looked beyond the task. He looked beyond the, the instruction to give. And he saw its purpose. He saw the purpose that God had for the Corinthians in giving. The same purpose he has for us in giving. It goes far beyond just doing a task. Well, Titus, what's wrong with you, man? Where's your priorities? Aren't you concerned about the poor? Titus is a spiritually mature man that sees the purpose in the Corinthians giving, and it goes well beyond the needs of the Jerusalem believers, no matter how dire. The need for the Corinthians to give is to exercise the liberty of dependence, to live out of the truth of who they are, to literally express truth. You see, the Corinthians just repented. They had just returned, turned, more to the point. They just turned. And they're anxious 
to begin walking in truth. They're anxious to fulfill what they had promised before. They're excited about it. And Titus is concerned for them because he knows what God's purpose in this is. He knows it's not about the poor in Jerusalem. Yes, they are compassionate. Titus is compassionate. Is he concerned about their welfare? I'm not saying he's not concerned about their welfare. I'm saying it's secondary to the obedience of the Corinthians for Titus. Just like it's secondary to the obedience of the Corinthians for Paul. Why? God is not commanding them to give to Jerusalem because God is incapable of providing for them any other way. He's commanding them to give to the Jews in Jerusalem, the poor in Jerusalem, because he wants them to live from the resource of his life within. He wants them to practice expressing living from the inside out. He wants them to be more than just robotic Christians who live through to a standard of Christianity. He wants them to live out the truth of Christ as their life. And you know what? How do we grow? How do we grow? We grow through the experience of obedience, allowing Christ to express his life through us. That is what this is about. That's why he's concerned for the Corinthians. This has a greater, a greater purpose than just feeding people. I'm not saying that's not important. I'm saying the source and the purposes of God are more important. Titus is concerned, but he's concerned about the, the Corinthians giving and being obedient to what God has called them to do. To recognize that they live their lives from the riches of Christ. God did not need the Corinthians in order to meet the needs of the Jerusalem believers. God wanted his children to know his heart and have the liberty of trusting him. God is affirming both, affirming truth both in the believers in Jerusalem and the believers in the giving of the Gentile churches. Both sides are being matured. Both sides are growing. It has a dual work. Wow, that's shocking. That the body of Christ would actually be working together for the purposes of the head. That it would actually be maturing in concert. That's absolutely shocking. No, it isn't. You see, when God commands one to give, he's doing a work in the one who's giving. And he's doing the work in the one who's receiving. And both of them are designed to mature, to shape. It's not about the need so much as it is about them being able to express the truth. All right. Now, because of Paul's critics, and for the sake of Titus, Paul sends Titus with some companions. One who's a fellow minister that has ministered in all the Gentile churches and was well-liked and well-known. And I read many commentaries and, and texts that are all speculating about the identity of this fellow. And I'm sure we could sit around and hypothesize, but you know what? It's immaterial. The Spirit of God didn't see fit to put it in the text. I don't know why we need to talk about it. The reality of it is that God sent the man. So, this brother has been appointed by the churches to accompany the gifts, the gift. Now, I will point out that in the commending of this fellow, Paul makes no comment as to his uh, credentials in accounting. Nothing there. He makes no comment about his ability to audit. No comment there. 
There's no mention of special skills to guide or to protect. But he is praised in the ministry throughout the churches. You know what? God called the spiritually mature to accompany his gift. This man would not glory in the giving. He would give glory to God who is the true giver. That's why he was called. Paul says, they are giving this gift for the glory of God himself. This is a personal gift from the Lord to his children. This is a gift of love from their father. This is a gift to those who gave. It's a gift to those who were in need. It was an expression of the father's heart. That's what this gift is about. Now, this is new covenant giving. Okay? It's a lot different. You notice Paul doesn't make any mention of the tithe. That's because the tithe is not a new covenant giving paradigm. It's a Jewish Moses law paradigm. Okay? This is new covenant giving. And new covenant giving is about Jesus. Is that shocking? It's given voluntarily. It's motivated by agape love that has God as its source. It is given out of obedience to affirm and nurture in the truth of Christ as life, as provision, as security, and hope. New covenant giving is not compelled by the preaching of man, begging, fun drives, guilt, group guilting, or even need. It is given according to the heart as we are moved by the Spirit of God. It is given to the body of Christ through the body of Christ. That's new covenant giving. Look at verses 20 through 22. We are taking precautions so that no one will find anything which, with which to discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. For we have regard for, for what is honorable and above suspicion, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. We have sent with them our brother, whom we have often tested and found to be diligent in many things, but who is now even more diligent than ever because of his great confidence in you. So, Paul says this is a generous gift, even before they had collected what the Corinthians had accumulated over the past year. And that would indicate that it is a very big gift. It is a great deal of money. And so, they are taking precautions. You would, if you were going to transport a lot of money, right? You would take precautions? Well, precautions for what? That robbers might not steal Somebody might not embezzle or the misappropriation of funds. No, they were taking precautions so no one would have room to accuse. The money is not the issue. The ministry of Christ among the people is. Yes, it could have been stolen by bandits, but that's not the concern. Bandits do no discredit to the ministry of Christ. You see, it wasn't a matter of trusting those who would accompany the gift. It was a matter of not trusting those who would accuse. That's what he's dealing with. So Paul wants the men of God, who, those in the ministry of Christ, to be seen as honorable, first before God, and then, as a result, before men. Now, here's the thing. If you're walking yielded to the heart of the Father, if you're walking literally in obedience to the Spirit of God, if you are walking as living from his life within, then you're walking in the same way Christ did. Now, did Christ have anybody accuse him? 
I think he had a few, right? Did Christ have anybody reject him? One or two, right? Did, did anybody appreciate the work of Christ at that time? Very few. Very few. Now, listen, we can look at what Christ did, and we can see the truth of it, and we can also see that walking according to what is honorable, and honorable is what God calls honorable in the Scripture, okay? It's not what man calls honorable, because there's a lot of gray where man calls honorable. But honorable is literally walking in the righteousness of God himself. It's literally walking with no dishonesty, no trickery for lack of a better word. It's walking with complete openness before God. It's literally hands open before the Lord. It's walking in obedience, yielded to Him. That's an honorable walk. He says, we want to be walking honorably before God and in the sight of men. What He is saying is that we want our expression to line itself up with what God calls honorable. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road, and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.